Cherry Soup by Sarah Clifford. Episode 1. Fare thee well, my dear, I must be gone and leave you for a while. If I roam away, I'll come again, though I'll roam ten thousand miles. Hi, hi, thanks for stopping. It's a busy day today. Sun's out. People stop on their way to and fro, on their way home from work. They see the sign, think yes. Plump, juicy cherries, that's what I want. I'll take them home, give the kids something healthy. Cook them up, maybe. But actually... You've eaten half of them before you even drive off again. Delicious, aren't they? Yeah, it is a funny job. Some people just whiz through in a hurry. Some people like to stop and chat. I think there's something about that roadside stall, the solitary person sitting there, male, female. You don't know till you stop. And we chat. I like to chat. And a lot of you like to chat as well. I've been doing this job for a while, and the chatting seems to be almost as important as the cherries. It's a bit of a gypsy job, isn't it? Moving around, on the road, in a lay-by, living the dream, a bowl of cherries. I follow the crop, follow the fruit. Asparagus, strawberries, cherries, gooseberries, plums. Pumpkins and nuts in the autumn, when it's quieter. You know you never have to see me again, so you stop and chat chat, short for chatter, to talk idly or babble in the 15th century. Then chat, to converse familiarly from the 1570s. I've got plenty of time, you see, time to read and think. I read a lot, actually. Although if you stop, I have to jump up, don't I? You can go for hours with no one, then suddenly several people stop, mid-morning, say, or the lunchtime rush. It's kind of a zero-hours contract, really. I've been reading about the Downs and its history. You see, the Chalk Downs were formed 90 million years ago when the whole of Western Europe was a tropical sea, tiny creatures' bodies silting up to form a giant chalk dome, which was then weathered into the Downs we see today. And so we get fossils, millions of years old, and the chalk is layered throughout with flint, used for making flint tools, scrapers and knives 5,000 years ago. This is ancient land, people. We're treading on the paths of the ancients. They sat here and thought, like I sit here and think, by white burial mounds and barrows, the bones layered in with the fossils, gleaming in the moonlight. Just the sound of the lambs' cries and their own voices, napping the flint, making ironwork, jewellery, poetry. A million stars overhead. Feels a bit like the good old days, doesn't it? That's something everyone says when they stop. Everything's changing, the old ways are going. The old life is being swiftly obliterated. The valley is passing out of the hands of its former inhabitants. They are being crowded into corners and are becoming as aliens in their own home. They are receding before newcomers with new ideas. In another ten years, there will not be much left of the traditional life. That bit's from this book I'm reading, George Sturt, written in 1927. And he, in turn, talks about Goldsmith in 1770, the deserted village. Sweet, smiling village, loveliest of the lawn, thy sports are fled, and all thy charms withdrawn. One only master grasps the whole domain, 
and half a tillage stints thy smiling plain. No more thy glassy brook reflects the day, but choked with sedges works its weedy way. Oh dear, looks like we're always feeling that something's been lost or is being lost, and how can we hold on to it? What do we want to keep? What can we let go? I bet the Celts felt like that too, don't you? Everything's changing. Although there is something there in that old Celtic magic. The peace, the simplicity. Something we all yearn for. But the food. Bread, bitter herbs, mutton, nettles and a primitive form of parsnip. Until the Romans came. Now I'm not saying that fascist imperialist colonisation is necessarily a good thing. But given that things had to move along a bit, there were some benefits. Including the food. They brought garlic, onions, leeks, asparagus, walnuts and sweet chestnuts, rosemary, thyme and basil, apples and grapes. And, of course, cherries. The cherries are iconic, I think. The history of cherries is kind of the history of England. Well, southern England. Our bit here. For example, the Roman soldiers used to eat the cherries and spit out the stones as they marched. And so every Roman road was lined with wild cherry trees. So the story goes. And things kind of grew from there. So I was telling all this to this chap, Ken, who stopped, about some of what I was reading. He told me he grew up on a farm in the post-war 40s and 50s. He showed me a picture of the house over in Mid-Sussex near the brooks by the river, a Tudor house or even older. He had lots of stories. We had no running water, we had a well. We had oil lamps and candles, no phone. The only thing Mum went to the greengrocers for was a bit of fruit. We used to have plum trees and all that. We had plenty of vegetables, and in those days, you had the vegetables in season. When it got later in the year, you had Brussels. It was brilliant. My job was to turn the churn. My mum used to say, it goes splash, splash, splash. And when it goes pop, 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 you've got butter. Mum made bread. When she was in service as a young girl, she trained to be a cook, and bless her heart, she could cook wonderful things on her old black range. And she got a new electric cooker when she moved to the village. And she couldn't cope with it. She stuck to her old range. It was years before we could persuade her to use the cooker. And because we had no water, you could only bath once a week. And then mother had to fill the copper up, and they used to put the bath out, and the youngest got bath first. That was me. This particular time she bathed me, Dad came in and said to Mum, because there was a pond near, come and listen to the bullfrogs. Come and listen, they're singing. So she went, and I crept out the back to have a look, and I slipped into the pond and had to have another bath. Singing bullfrogs. When I was born, it was snowing, and poor old midwife, she had to cycle from Gretham, which is about three or four miles, and she couldn't get there because it was snowing, and she had to walk, walk through the snow. And by the time she got to me, I'd arrived. My dad being a stockman, he knew what to do, and he delivered me. When we were first married, and we used to go up to the pub, we used to go in, grab our glass, fill it up, chuck our money in the biscuit tin, and we'd go in the kitchen. We'd all be sitting in the kitchen, didn't use the pub. It was a great place for what I call all the local old boys. They'd been on their allotments all morning, they'd come down, have a beer before going home for their meal. And they all used to sit and chat, just like their fathers and grandfathers used to. The Victorians, the old chaps. There was a quarry, 
where we'd dig for sharp sand. And we'd often come across flint tools in the green sand. Not the basic ones like that, but polished tools by master craftsmen, thousands of years old. I could have gone into farming. I could have been a blacksmith, but I said, I'm not doing that, it's dirty. I'm going into a clean job, more modern. And now you look back, you think, where are all the blacksmiths now? I had the chance, but I said, no, 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 I'm not doing it because I used to see how my dad used to graft and for nothing. And I said, I'm going into modern industry. So I went into electrical engineering. Stupid thing. Now the village has changed. Used to have a drapers, a village store, and another store at the far end of the main road, and a hairdresser, and at the church end there was a butcher and the post office. And housing estates have popped up all round the boundary. Farms gone, put up for sale. The house is sold off, the barn sold off, the land sold off. Have to go to a museum now. My mate took me up there last year and showed me one of the big orchards that's just been sold off. And this bloke, he's a banker, he's bought this orchard, it's huge, and he's never even seen it, never even been down there. I need a pee. He went off to the little wood behind the lay-by. So this was just after the last war, already 60 years ago. Already history, like my book. The last of generations and generations in that house gave me a bit of a shiver. He came back, he said. The range used to get so hot in the winter, we'd all sit around in our pants. A woman walked up, wanting a snack for her walk. She looked like she'd walked a long way. So Ken waved and drove off. Cherry Soup was written by Sarah Clifford, performed by Joe Neary, and was an applause rural touring production for InCrowd and South Downs National Park Authority.